Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy... Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Uh, This is our panel on, it's gone through a couple different names. Uh, I think currently it's listed as Crystal Lake Memories. Uh, I also would like to call it the Jason Legacy. Uh, But we're sitting down with two different actors who've played Jason in their careers. Uh, We've got Jason Brooks, who is the writer and Jason in the fan film Friday the 13th Vengeance. <laughs> and Glenn Ennis, who did a lot of the stunts for Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. Um, and what we want to kind of analyze in this a little bit, and we have a mic down in the far right corner for people to come down and ask questions, is, you know, this character's been around for... 30 years almost. I think it's next year will be 30 years of Jason. So, or 40, 40 years of Jason. Um, why, like, what is the staying power of him? A uh, quick introduction for me. I'm Matt of the Horror Movie Night podcast, and assisting me is Jackie of the Jersey Ghouls podcast. We're both big Friday 13th fans, so of course we wanted to dig into these questions. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll start with that. What, what do you guys think is the, the big staying power with him over all of these other characters? I'd say it's, it's, it's probably mystery. You just don't get to find out much about him, I think. You know, there's just, no matter how many times you've seen him and how many movies, you're still wondering what the heck's going on in his head and what's he going to do next? What's his motivations? Well, you find out some of his motivations. He hates kids that have sex. But, um, <laughs> but no, I think, I think compared to a lot of other characters, he's not really revealed uh, very much. And maybe that's what brings people coming back to find out more about him. Yeah, I... Is this on? Yeah. Yep. So I think the same thing. Um, and just the silence. You know, he doesn't speak, so you don't get to learn a lot about him, what he's thinking. Same thing. And so it's a silent killer. That I'm sure it helps that Rob Zombie hasn't done a remake of it where we get an hour of his backstory as a young boy living with the Voorhees family as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Time will tell. <laughs> uh, so what drew you guys to, to Friday the 13th? Uh, you know, I know with Glenn, you you did the Freddy versus Jason. Were, was that something that you were kind of, when you got that job, was very excited? Did Jason have a place in your heart? i got to be completely honest. Uh, no, I saw the, the original Friday the 13th, and that was about it. And and my, my horror background wasn't anything... Um, that's, that stirred me, or brought me towards it. Uh, yeah. It was a job at the time, and uh, Ken Kersinger and I, both being stuntmen were, and act- actors, were applying for the job. And we were narrowed down to two, and we went to two or three more auditions where it was just the two of us. And uh, over that time, we found out more about this, what the story was going to be, and we were both going, oh, I hope I don't get it. I hope you get it. <laughs> I want to do the stunts. <laughs> and... Um, and so, it really, it was just a, another job. But um, after the after the fact, of course, coming into the whole Jason family, realizing that all of you and so many people uh, take it more seriously than that, uh, it became a, a bigger thing and, and something that I truly cherish. But along that way, yes, um, as it turns out, Kenny got the job and I got the stunt job. And um, moving along from there, as we were doing the movie, we worked on it the same number of days and at the end of a day we'd say hey Ken how'd you go what'd you do today and he'd be like well I stood beside a tree and I, I walked after some kids <laughs> he said what do you do Glenn I said well I was on fire three times and I flew through there <laughs> and I nearly fucking died and yeah so um, so it was it was a great pleasure to be a part of it but beforehand I gotta be completely honest it wasn't something on my radar that I could kind of pursue in any way it was it, it just came to me because of probably because I'm 6'5 alright <laughs> now with you Jason you know, you kind of took what a lot of people would call a pretty ballsy move of making kind of an unofficial Friday the Thirteenth. Not even kind of. You made an unofficial Friday the Thirteenth movie, yeah. uh, so there has to be some love for the character there for that to be a choice. Oh, absolutely. And uh, growing up with the name Jason, of course. Yeah. You uh, you get teased a lot on every Friday the Thirteenth and everything. So for a long time, I was kind of like, get you know. Don't want to be a part of that. But then as I got a little bit older, I started embracing it more, and I really liked it, and I liked the films. And then when I was um, he- hearing about the project, uh, Jeremy Brown and Dustin Montier, they were making a short film called yeah. Mythos at the time. And uh, I heard about that, and I, and I had been playing Jason for about a year at a haunted house, um, kind of doing that because I love the character, have my own costume, a Freddy versus Jason costume. And then um, people kept telling me, oh, you should be in a film. You look really good. You, you have the character down really well. So at the moment I heard about it, I reached out to these guys out in Idaho, said, I want to be a part of this, sent in a tape. They sent me some script sides and then um, said, do this. I did that, sent it in, and I got the part. So, And from that point, they realized I can do costumes and props and wardrobe and writing. And so I helped. I didn't write it. I helped write. Okay. Um, but uh, And then produced and, and did a lot of things on the set. But... It was definitely a, a passion project and something that grew way beyond what we could ever expect. Yeah, and it's it's like a feature-length movie, too. It's yeah. not just a short anymore. It's about 85 minutes. Yeah, so this, there you go. If you've been wondering when you're going to get another Jason movie. It's the most, <laughs> the most official, unofficial film. <laughs> um, so there's got to be an aspect of when you're playing someone like Jason, he's a silent character. And, you know, he's got, you watch all these movies, he's got these little moments that are almost, um, almost mimish, almost silent film actor-esque, uh, a lot of, like, shrugs and head tilts and stuff. What psychology goes into when you guys are working out that character to play him? You know, is, is there influences that pull in from that, or 
do you have a background in anything like that, like miming or anything? I don't have a mime background. I hate mimes. They they freak me out. <laughs> um, they should be abolished. <laughs> we should just um, put them in tiny glass boxes. My, my my experience with it was, and and of course, Jason doesn't react much or show much. And uh, my direction from Ronnie Yu, the director on Friday the 13th, or Freddy versus Jason, sorry, was, uh, was he would say, okay, so at this point, you raise your eyebrows. I'd say, well, I'm, I'm wearing a mask. He says, yeah, I know you're wearing a mask. We won't see it, but raise your eyebrows. And he seemed to think that those kind of subtle nuances would come through in the, the overall performance. He, he would really be on top of, okay, now you're, pretend you're smiling. And I said, well, hockey mask again, you know. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, everything that, and I don't think any other part of my body moved or changed, but he was adamant that, you know, the, uh, he had emotions, he had moments, he had changes in his uh, persona, situation to situation, and they would come through if you were playing them behind the mask. I don't know if that came out for any of you, but... <laughs> yeah, and it was similar for me. I, I, I mean, with the nuances, um, I do make the faces behind the mask. Uh, not because I'm being told, but just I find myself doing, even with the photo ops, you know, kind of making that angry face. Um, but on set, you know, he's emotionless. He doesn't do anything. I, I feel like anything that's inanimate around him doesn't exist. He just walks through whatever. Um, nothing gets in his way. And then um, there's like little subtle moments. And there's one scene in particular I can't talk about yet. It's my favorite kill of the film. Um, oh, tell us. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> no, but it's, you caved uh, so quickly. It, yeah. No, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. Awesome. Um, the mask I wore today in the photo op was actually used in the film during that scene, so the blood on there is from that kill. Um, but, it, yeah, I love this one, and it'll be memorable. But it's, there's a lot of that subtlety in the movement in there, expressing emotion, and you kind of know what's going on in Jason's head um, without a lot of movement, okay. I think. And so... Um, it's just, and it is, it's very minor. It's minor head tilt, minor shoulders. It's, but also making the faces, I think, kind of helps. All right, uh, so I'm going to pass it over to Jackie if she has any questions. But I also, again, want to remind you guys that we are getting ready to take those audience questions. So if you have any questions, start heading on down to that microphone in the far right corner. Yeah, you actually asked a couple of the questions that I had in mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we can actually start with the, the Q&A. Does anybody have a question? Does anybody want to ask anything? Please come down to the microphone. We're just talk theory. Let's talk theory about. Okay, so here we go. While we're waiting for people to line up. Um, obviously, I'm going to assume that Glenn's is Freddy versus Jason, but I could be wrong. What is your guys' definitive Friday the 13th movie? Uh, yeah, that's it. That's the only one that I've completely <laughs> invested in. <laughs> I, I left a fair part of my body on the, f on the ground uh, in that movie, so I don't think I can compare anything else to that one. And, and, and um, although I've seen s several other movies, um, I don't know the story in and out the way I know that one, so that's, that's mine, obviously. And those movies don't come close to the stunt work that you see in Freddy versus uh, I'm an actor, but I'm a stunt guy, and back then I was more of a stunt guy. And yeah. this was directed by Ronnie Yu, who's Hong Kong action guy, and the second unit director, Poon Hang Seng, uh, Hong Kong stunt guy. Um, so their background was stunts and action, which which made the movie not a horror movie to me in my job. Yeah. Uh, was you know even though I was covered in blood a lot, it was all action. It was all hard hits, and uh, and that's kind of how I approached it, and that's how I still look back on it as an action movie as opposed to a horror movie. So my look on it uh, might be a little bit different. I'd look at the other movies and go, and, and it is weird. I'm here because I'm a stunt guy. I wore the mask, but. 
I don't think there's another movie that had probably many stunt days on it for a Jason double, whereas I was on this movie for six weeks straight doing stunts. So it was a different, you know, it was a little microcosm in the whole Jason um, timeline where it just went to Hong Kong action. And that's, that's why I was there. So. And I can say as a fan of the franchise that until you had pointed that out, I never would have pieced that together. But you're absolutely right. That movie does play a lot more like an action movie over a typical horror film. Absolutely. Almost every single, well, everything I did, I was getting the crap beat out of me. And these Hong Kong guys were adamant that there'd be powder. They called it power powder. And they'd take like dirt or dust, fake dirt or dust, and put it on my shoulders and on my head. And so every time I took a hit, dust would fly off. Um, just to kind of accentuate the impact or whatever it was. And they were adamant that every single time I got hit, dust was going to fly off me. So <laughs> it was always like, oh, God, cut, stop, 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 put dust on them. More power powder. <laughs> you know, it was a constant theme. How about you, Jason? Oh, what was the question? Uh, favorite, favorite of the franchise. <laughs> oh, favorite of the franchise, yeah. Um, I'd say part six. I'm um, with you on that. Yeah, that, one, that one's fun. It's got a little bit of everything in it. and It's just the one I go back to. They found a director who knew how to do comedic timing and horror, which is a very hard combination to oh, yeah. do successfully. They did, and and uh, we have the same thing in this one. If you like Part Six, you'll love this film. So, and Tom McLaughlin, who directed Part Six, has been a big part of this. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, we see uh, there's someone lined up at the mic. Hi, hi. Uh, what was I so my question is, um, if you could play any other incarnation of Jason that you didn't get to play, which one would it be? And then the second part is, uh, which is your favorite or least favorite Jason design? I think we all know what the least favorite one is. Um, <laughs> and I'm not an expert. Um, if I had to uh, put the mask on in another role, I would, it would have to be the very first one. I think I would love to have some kind of influence on how the whole thing started. Um, everybody else has put their stamp and their little quirk on everything along the way. But if you had a chance to be in that first one, wouldn't yeah. that have been wouldn't that have been great to, yeah, to kind of everything that was tone. based on it afterwards to <laughs> to be based on something that you did uh, right off the bat? So that would be my definitely my choice for another uh, another role. Yeah, that was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that was that your answer? No, <laughs> okay. but I want it to be now. Um, <laughs> no, I like seven. So I like the design of seven. Um, the, the menacing look of it. Um, so that would be one I'd love to put the costume on and play. Uh, my least favorite, it's got to be, uh, the design at least, is the Jason X pre-Uber Jason. Something about that one just, I don't know. That's, that's what I meant by we all know which we one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah, that movie was really just building to him becoming Uber Jason. They did not put a lot of effort into the, no. the pre-portion. <laughs> didn't feel Everybody right has either. an off day. <laughs> <laughs> I see someone else is lined up at the mic, so let's let them go. Uh, my question is, how hard was it to put on any of the suits and masks for the costume? My second question would be, how hot did it get in it? <laughs> on fire? Were you hot? <laughs> hey, you were set on fire, so let's start with you. You know, the, the, um, the cowl, um, actually, I had a lot of issues with, with my costume because I was on fire a lot and flying through the air a lot. And so the mask, um, the typical leather straps burned off and the mask fell off me, which was pretty dangerous. So uh, they had to tie it on with, with steel wire. So they had to, you know, I'd get the whole fire suit on covered in gel 
and then a, um, another layer of Nomex to protect me from the fire, and then the whole costume. And I had like four people helping me get in because once you've got the fire gel on, you got to get your, yourself rolling here pretty quick because if it cools off, you get burned easier. So you want it to be cold. Um, so there was about five people around jamming the coat on me, pulling the gloves on, and getting me ready to go. And then the mask would go on, and then it had to be tie-wired to the back and twisted up, which... Um, and, and it did get very, very hot. There was a couple burns I did that were like 35 seconds, and in the end I was... Here's the thing about stunt fire. If you're on fire and you're, you see guys flailing and running away, well, the fire flows away from you. The hottest part of a fire is the very, very tip of the flame. So when you're walking and moving the flame, the tips are falling behind you, right? Flailing behind you. Well, I always had to walk so slowly that all the tips were right up along my body, and so I got extremely hot very quickly. So it was a, it was a kind of a nasty fire burn in that way, super hot. I got burned a little bit once just on the back of my head, but other than that, made it through okay. But there was one particular one with the, to your answer your question, the costume issue. Um, the last scene on the dock where we got exploded off into the water, which was the most terrifying moment of my life, um, they had to wire the, the mask on, and then I flew and hit the water so hard that it, um, and there's a quite a, a, a thick uh, silicone rim around the entire outside of the mask to keep the fire out. And when I hit so hard, it actually moved that. And it was wired on tight, but it moved it about an inch up from the impact, and that went right over top of my mouth. So when I hit the water, I couldn't breathe through my mouth when I finally came up, and the mask was full of water, so I couldn't breathe through my nose. So I was in a bit of a bad state when I finally came to surface. They had safety divers there, and a guy grabbed me. Um, but I was try flailing around because I still couldn't breathe. And he's, you can hear someone in the, uh, behind the scenes saying, relax, calm down, calm down, you're fine. But I wasn't panicking for that. I just still couldn't breathe. And it was a f like five or six seconds after the whole flight of holding my breath because as soon as they light you on fire, you have to hold your breath because if you breathe, you breathe in fire and you die. Um, so flew through the air, hit the water, came back up, and there were still several moments where I couldn't breathe yet, and I was thrashing around and finally had to just kind of yank on the thing to get it dislodged from my mouth so I could breathe again. So that was a lousy part of the wardrobe. To answer your question, long story. True story, but long. I should have I gone first, because oh, how do sorry. I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, no, mine, mine, it's not too bad to put on. I've got a silicone hood as well, and... Uh, I've got a somewhat similar story. I wasn't on fire, but being put in the middle of a lake, and we did a bunch of underwater shots, the silicone hood I wear is full face. It covers the nose. I can't breathe through my nostrils at all, so it's just my mouth. And then, um, But I was wearing a wetsuit and a whole bunch of stuff underneath, and once I got under the water, the silicone hood filled up with water like a, wearing a fishbowl, <laughs> and then the, the mask and everything just kind of compressed, closed the mouth up, and so I'm just like sealed inside like a Ziploc bag full of water, and having to hold my breath under there and then wait for the water to get still so that I can kind of start to rise and walk out. And, and then once I got up, I've got mesh screens in the eyes also. So getting out of the water, suddenly every hole in the mesh is filled with water, can't see. So it was hard to tell if I was under, out, or anything like that. And then once I'm out, where am I walking? But it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's never easy. As easy as it might look on the finished product, there's a lot of things in it that make it really difficult for the guy doing it, i got to tell you. As soon as you put a mask and that stuff in the equation, it's just yeah. it's awkward and weird and difficult and sometimes quite scary. Like being underwater like that. Didn't you, weren't you holding a... Didn't it have to weight you down to keep you yeah. from rising to the surface because of your wetsuit? That's wetsuit. terrifying, because of the wetsuit, being weighted down. Yeah, because of the wetsuit being 
you know, makes you float, which we didn't realize till we were there because I'd never worn a wetsuit before. But we, we got there. It was a man-made lake, and it goes out a little bit, kind of slopes to about five feet, and then just drops. And so I go out as far as I can and realize, no, this drops to about 30, 40 feet. Um, but I'm floating, and I couldn't get underneath. So they weighted me down with about 120 pounds of sandbags, tied them to my legs and my arms and everything, and I'm walking out there holding these, and, and I'm still a little bit buoyant. But uh, getting on the edge of the cliff, I had to, like, dig my boot into the side of the cliff to kind of pull myself down under the water and then hope I don't slide down the cliff. And, but uh, made Nasty. it. I'm here. Yeah, there you are. The shot looked cool. It got cut from the film, but. <laughs> uh, you never told me that. Behind the scenes, yeah. <laughs> we'll be in the behind the scenes, hopefully. Um, so while we're waiting for some more people to line up over there, I want to ask, with you guys doing these characters like adjacent, is there someone else that you really, really would love a chance to play? Yeah. Go ahead. I would love to play the Toxic Avenger. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and Darth Vader. I think those are the, my, my two big ones. You know, in a lot of ways, I always feel like Toxie kind of just has like a Jason without the mask on look anyway. So that's, a, that's an easy transition, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that'd be fun. Um, I would, I, also on Star Wars, I've always thought something about wearing masks and things, but Chewbacca would be a fun one to do. Because oh, I thought that yeah. guy, I'm not tall enough, unfortunately, but that guy for um, a character that had a, a you know, full face mask and everything had a lot of expressiveness and a lot of character that came through and I just I was always jealous of that one because Jason you know or, and a few of my characters actually that I have my face covered because I'm obviously horribly disfigured I should have my face covered in movies <laughs> um, uh, that one was one that, that looked like would be a lot of fun to play with because he was just so expressive all right we got someone else over there uh, first question is favorite Jason kill and then, I, let's do that first, I guess. Tell us about that one thing you can't tell us about, Jason. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a tough question for him, <laughs> yeah. but I want to hear the answer. So are you talking about just at, in the other movies? Or? Yeah, 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 in, oh, okay. in any of the films. Man, I get asked this a lot. It's, uh, I, and I still go with the, was it the Nitro, the X smashing the face, in the, you know, like freezing the face and smashing it on the counter. That one's a fun one. Um, and uh, in part nine, I like the tent where they're having sex and cuts the girl in half. <laughs> I think those are, those are probably two of my favorite. I just realized I didn't kill anybody because they were having sex. Yeah. It no. wasn't a thing in Freddy versus Jason. You blew it. Yeah. <laughs> mine, mine I, again, I'm sorry I'm going to my own, but there is a, a cornfield rave scene, and I, uh, I killed somebody, and then the, the follow-through opened up a keg of beer, and the keg sprayed me in the face. I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm at home here. This is where I belong. Uh, my follow-up question is for Jason. I'm just curious, um, doing the film, did you have to navigate in the, in the production, did you have to navigate through anything with intellectual property or... Um, anything with legal issues cropping up with the character, or how, how does that process work when doing like a fan film? Yeah, no, not yet. It's um, they they have rules on their website about what you can and cannot do, how much money you can and cannot make to to do a fan film and all that. So we've we've stayed within the rules. Uh, we went under budget on what they're allowing, and uh, yeah, we've been trying to be extremely respectful to the franchise. Now I think we, everyone kind of knows that like the. Friday the 13th actual 
ownership is in like a whole oh, bunch. Oh, a do, do you think that that helps a little bit with the, with the fan films too, is that they're way too focused on figuring out who owns it in the first place? It's, yeah, well, there's a couple of ways to look at it. One is, yeah, it feels like, okay, it could be open. Yeah. And, you know, and certainly it opens a door because there's no other content being made. So I think that's one reason why there's so much popularity with Friday the 13th fan films right now is that there's nothing else there to yeah. kind of satisfy that. So this is what we have. On the other hand, you got people fighting over the rights. Yeah. And you don't want to get involved in that and have them say, you know what? No, you, you know, you can't do that because we want money and we want money. But, um, yeah, so I'm not sure. It feels different on different days. Yeah, I was going to say the whole fan film thing is so interesting because you have stuff like your movie and Never Hike Alone that kind of gets put out and there's there's a positive reaction from fans, but there's not like any legal discourse or anything. And then there's yeah. like, you know, successful crowdfunding campaigns that get shut down before they can film a single frame because some studio exec saw that they were making a fan film on their intellectual property and... Pull it. <laughs> pull it. Yeah, it's typically you're not allowed to make more than fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And it has to be used for the production. You're not allowed to pay any of the cast and crew. Um, so there's a lot of rules within that that the Paramount has on their website. You okay. Can go and follow up on. Cool. I see someone else is lined up there. Hi, um, Glenn. Question for you: uh, What is your favorite stunt that you've done in any of your movies? And Jason, uh, is this movie directed in the same way? as six that you could potentially watch it in black and white my favorite stunt i hate to keep coming back from to, to uh the, the freddy versus jason my name um i've done a bunch of stuff i think outside of that uh on power rangers i did my first cannon roll and or a pipe roll in a in a pickup truck so um i've always been wanting to do that i've never had a chance to go flying upside down and t turning over in a car so that was pretty fun but um, when I've been asked this question before, historically, I come back to Freddy versus Jason and uh, the moment of terror being exploded off the dock on fire, um, lit on fire from head to toe, and then, um, and then jerked by a cable 80 feet through the air to land in the water. And that was um, one of the most challenging mentally and one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. So as a stunt guy, you always look back to the thing that scared you the most um, that you managed to overcome. So that was my favorite for sure. Those keeping score at home, his favorite moment was almost drowning. So. <laughs> <laughs> While on fire? No, it was my, my it was my favorite stunt up until when I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> yeah. Then it wasn't as fun. Let's see. And then as far as uh, you know, I haven't thought about it about watching this in black and white, but I'm so I've been trying to think of how that would translate, and I think it would. Um, like I said, Tom McLaughlin, he's had a huge part of this um, with the editing and and. Consult, uh, consulting on the film and the script and I think it's if you love Six you're going to love this film um, it's very it's in the same kind of family and when you watch it I've seen the raw, uh, raw cut several times and it does it takes you back and it makes you feel like you're back in that universe um, um, back in the 80s where part six came out even though it's 30 years past that but it does feel very uh, very much like home so I think the black and white would translate to a lot of the, the Friday the 13th films, don't you? That the spookiness, and it, it'd be interesting to see a lot of them made black and white just for a, for yeah. a look, for a different look. It's a monster film. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be good. So I'm curious for both of you, what drew you guys to stunt work? Um, I was playing professional rugby for a lot of years all around the world, and at 36 I retired and went, what am I going to do? And I 
moved back to Van I'd been playing in Japan for 10 years and I moved back to Vancouver and my younger brother was a stuntman so he said you've been falling down for a living for a long time why don't you just keep doing that so that's how I started and I didn't know what else to do and then my size and you know, there are not many big uh, stunt guys doing it falling down so that's kind of how I naturally fell into it I guess uh, thug number two, uh, FBI guy, uh, sheriff, cop, SWAT team guy, those kind of things kind of got me started in the, the stunt world and, and into acting. Nice. Yeah, I was inspired by the fact that we had no stunt guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just, yeah, we, we had to do some stunts, and, and I thought, I can do that. You know, let's practice it a few times safely, and then, you know, and that's what we did. So. Do you want to do more after doing that, or was that a one and done for you? Yeah, I, I think I'd do more. Nice. It's Very cool. Uh, well, I guess unless there's any more questions, I was going to wrap it up with, with one last question, I guess, which is, do you guys have any advice for anybody who actually wants to try to do stunts? You go ahead first. Yeah, you're the, you're learn the one that kind of got pulled in. <laughs> yeah, take a class, learn what you're doing. Um, we had a stunt girl on our set, and she was great, um, and she had taken some stunt classes. But once she got done, she realized, she's like, you know, I, I want to go back to school. I want to learn some more. Uh, learn how to fall better, learn how to do this better. Uh, so being on set and actually doing it, she realized I still have more to learn. Um, she wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. to be safe. So, and that's the thing too, is safety is always first. We rehearsed everything over and over and over again in a safe environment and then kind of graduated up to the, uh, to the set. So. Yeah, absolutely. To get some training, but also um, position yourself beside stunt people and follow them around, uh, ingratiate yourself to them. Uh, help them out, try to just learn from them and be beside them um, because no matter how many schools you go to, the only way to actually get a job is for someone to vouch for you. So that's the next step is to get some training and then get beside some stunt people and it might be a while before you get a job but at least they'll know you. And then when the right job comes around, they'll go, hey, I know the person for that. And that's how pretty much we all get a start. Somebody has to risk their reputation and their career to hire you and make sure that you don't screw up and make them look bad. So, All right, well, that's it for this panel. So let's give these guys a round of applause. Obviously, come by and check out their tables uh, throughout the rest of the weekend at this con. And um, stay tuned at about 3 o'clock. There'll be a Q&A with Joe Bob Briggs. 4 o'clock, we've got the Frog Brothers reunion from the Lost Boys. At 5 o'clock, you're going to get to see Dr. Satan in full makeup as they do the transformation. And then at 6, there'll be a Frankenhooker Q&A. So... Stay tuned and come check it out. Thank you very much, everybody. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-oh! Hi
From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 